Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Talking about the shooting at Perry High School in Perry, Iowa. Just like we said they would. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Find everything, including the podcast, at WIBC.com. There are two reasons for this. The shooting that took place, one person was killed. Did not involve an AR-15. Involved a shotgun and a handgun. Second is the shooter's connection to what would be described as the world of LGBTQ. Those two things have stopped the so-called vaunted uh, national media to stop talking about a story. There is a story to be discussed here. Lives were lost. And if we are not people engaged in the underpinnings, the underlying causes, the reasons these things take place, well, then we are absolutely lost people. It's a danger when we do not discuss them, engage them and understand what's happening to the mind underneath, to the soul underneath. You can bet every dollar you have that between no AR-15 being used and the shooter's connection to the quote-unquote LGBTQ world, that's why no one's talking about it. It doesn't fit narrative. Some people are going to get angry with me for that second part. Facts are facts. Look how angry people were when we were shown pieces of the manifesto, gosh, do I hate that word, of the Nashville shooter. Six people killed. A girl who claimed to be a guy. Now, this is foreshadowing for a story I've got in the 7 o'clock hour. But even though we know no semi-automatic weapon was used, right? I I shouldn't say semi-automatic weapon. No AR-15 was used. You have a gun group utilizing this to say we can prevent these school shootings if Congress passes the assault weapons ban. Ethan's law to require gun owners to secure their guns and other life-saving gun laws. First of all, anything can be an assault weapon. The the, the terminology is, is beyond nonsensical in my view. But that's not what was used. Even what they would consider an assault weapon is not what was used. They don't care. The gun grabber does not care. So first they don't report the story, but they will use it top line without actual data, without explaining to their audience what actually happened 
to push their anti-gun agenda. There's a lot of indecency out there. A tremendous amount of indecency. The Second Amendment remains. The Second Amendment has to stay and has to be fought for. Why are kids shooting up schools? Well, let's talk about their state of mind and who is helping to confuse that state. Let's start there. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. And just like that, Governor Eric Holcomb takes a bow, gives his eighth and final State of the State address, adjusts his cowboy boots, and walks off into the one-year sunset. Eh, from all accounts, not so bad. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. The speech, and is walking away. Not so bad. People seem mostly fine with it. My gosh, even the Democratic Party. This Indiana Democratic Party. Uh, the, the, it, here, here, where, where was it? It was like, you know what? Oh, here it is. Tonight, Governor Eric Holcomb gave his final state of the state address as Indiana governor. Over the past seven years, we have often disagreed vigorously with the governor while working together to find common ground on many issues, including COVID prevention and new funding to improve health in every corner of our state. The governor, despite our disagreements, was always more ambitious about the people and future of our state than the Republican supermajority in the state house. At some level, you have to understand that that's pretty high praise. That That's what it is. They had nothing to attack within this, this state of the state address that, uh, that Eric Holcomb gave. It's understandable. There is a tremendous amount that has taken place over these years that you can look back on and say, look what we did. You, you can say the words. It doesn't well comport with the lack of leadership of the Republican Party for those people who, who align that way. I want to go back and say that again. There was no leadership. None. If you're asking what happened behind the scenes, good Lord, can't tell you. We're discussing what we see. And the dismissal of that is is radical in my view. And it, and it, uh, it has been dismissed by so-called leaders, it's been dismissed, uh, I, I think, by, by the governor himself. It doesn't matter, that's all noise, look what we're doing. A lot of investments has come to the state of, of, of Indiana. These are good things. I don't deny this. When Governor Holcomb went to Israel to meet with Netanyahu. I think I was the only person who talked about it. I cheered it. I asked him to come on the show. They offered me the then leader of the Republican Party. Nice guy, not who I want to talk to. This is exactly it. You're doing these things. You won't talk about the things. 
So don't expect people to be looking at you saying, oh, what a guy. Everything about COVID was done poorly. Lockdowns. The, the, the lack of leadership. The, the relinquishing the role of leader, of elected official. To Dr. Christina Box, I'm not saying she's a bad person. Nobody elected her. Not being focused on the capital city to the extent that you allow riots to take place not five miles from your home and you have nothing to say. How dare anybody think that those things don't have an effect on the psyche of Hoosiers? But when you talk about quite literally billions of dollars being invested into the state, I'll cheer it. Indianapolis has problem on problem. But when I hear Hendricks uh, company is going to put $600 million into redoing the Circle Center Mall, I cheer it. When the Keystone Group, uh, the owners of the Indy 11 are going to do 11 Park, I cheer it. These are good things. Revolutionary things can make things better. But I note that while the city grows from those things, it was not the city that brought about those things. To the extent that Governor Holcomb can take the credit for the investment into Indiana. I, I'm not there with that. Now, he was the guy, so he gets to take, he was the guy in the office, so he gets to take uh, that, that connection. But I think, and, and it's, it's, it's not, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not, saying that uh, he, he's my choice for governor, although we are going to be interviewing all the governor candidates. That's coming soon. Um, the work Brad Chambers did to bring business, I think, is still bearing fruit. and He gets to talk uh, uh, about that in, in, the, in this run for governor, and I don't think that could be um, denied. In the state of the state, some of the things that were discussed by uh, Governor Holcomb. The Indiana model, his philosophy on creating, that's how we reported here at WIBC.com, generational change throughout the Midwest. Um, Cooperation between Indiana's public, private, and philanthropic sectors and all levels of government. Okay, I'm not quite sure what, what that means. He wants to improve policies around third grade reading to make sure Hoosier children can read. There's a whole question, because I think one of the things he brought up, yeah, I have that right, is the idea that we may have to start holding back third graders who don't read at level. That's absolutely correct. If you're not reading at level, of course you should be held back. The idea of social promotion is nonsense. It doesn't work. So if he is really serious about this, good on Governor Holcomb. Absolutely you should. Oh, your kid might be upset for an hour. 
they'll get over it. But you got to read. And there's a whole conversation here about what parents need to be doing to help their kids read. That starts at an earlier age, by the way. Which is where the people who want universal pre-K are going to jump in and say, see, this is why we need, that's how that one's going to go. Conversations about requiring a computer science course to graduate from high school. No. Governor, you're very close. You need a home ec course. You need an investing course. You need an understanding retirement course. Do not force computer science on kids. What we need to show them is how to control their own lives and then show them the opportunities that come from that. You're close. It is not this. I would oppose this. And I don't, I don't oppose computer science. I get the, the, the basic argument. The future is in the coding and all the other ancillary things. Let's make sure our kids are ready. No, let's make sure our kids know the fundamentals about being able to live a life not dependent on their parents and not dependent on government. Teach them the skills to be able to go out there and get it. Teach them how to invest. Show them how it is done. Put together courses. Bring in Warren Buffett. Bring in bring in 50 Cent. Bring in others to teach kids exactly what it is to control your own financial future. More Hoosier children will benefit from learning how to balance a checkbook than learning how to code in Python. That's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. Might not be as sexy, but you will create better people. That's just some of what he got into. Now, working with public universities to create more three-year and associate degree options? Oh, I'm down for that. I'm also down with more Ivy Tech. We will get more into Governor Holcomb's state of the state a little bit later. Chris Christie will not get out of this race. He won't do it. And the Haley people are desperate for him to get out of this race. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Desperate for him to get out. Because Haley is only down by nine in New Hampshire. And if Haley's only down by nine... Well, then the opportunity is there to take New Hampshire from Trump and therefore reset the entirety of this election. Why isn't Chris Christie recognizing this? Now, this audio seemed to be a little touch distorted. Maybe it's just the way I'm hearing it. This is Chris Christie on the campaign trail. Let's say I dropped out of the race right now. And I supported Nikki Haley. And then three months from now, four months from now, we get ready to go to the convention. 
she comes out and is his vice president. What will I look like? What will all the people who supported her at my behest look like? That's an interesting take. I can't drop out and support Nikki Haley because I don't trust her. Oh, it's weird when Chris Christie is making the Vivek Ramaswamy argument. That's a that's a weird moment here in 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 the political world. That is a punch to the face. And to date, throughout this whole campaign, to this moment, that's his best argument yet. Now, I know it might not work for you. I, I, I get what you're saying, but, but think of it just, it, 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 not everybody is, is like you. The argument of I'm the only guy who will not, for any reason, give in to Trump at all. To some... You have to admit it, because if you won't admit it, well, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, That's an attractive quality. I will stay true to this ideal. Nikki Haley won't. Ron DeSantis, I I don't know if he gets involved in that thought process for people. But that is his strongest moment to date. Five days before the Iowa caucuses. And I can't say it enough. And now we have to do a part two on it. The weather in Iowa changes everything. And I believe that the weather in Iowa will change how people view the caucus itself. Meaning, it might be meaningless. I will get to that in the next hour. I'm going to try my best to. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. IU, they have suspended a tenured political science professor. I think I would pronounce uh, his first name Abdul Kader. A B D U L K A D E R, last name Sino, S I N N O. And it seems like for a very odd reason for a room reservation. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. It is not, in my view, for a room reservation issue. You've got an event that was hosted by a student group, the Palestine Solidarity Committee, and Sino was the group's advisor. The suspension comes because the room was held, reserved, uh, under the guise of of being for a, a specific faculty type need but it turns out the room was actually being reserved for a student group the student group being one of these ever popular um, anti-Israel kind of groups It was listed as an academic talk about Middle Eastern politics. But the event was actually for a student organization. Thus, the university said, hey, you can't do that. 
And they said, well, we already paid for the speaker. They're already flying in, so we're just doing it. It seems to me that this is one of the possibly many professors who are the ones who support the the anti-Semitism and the flat-out Jew hatred on the campus of IU, just like we see on campuses all across the country. Does anybody think that IU is, 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 is immune uh, to this? Does anybody think that IU is immune to this? Of course they're not immune to this. If you take a look at the first statement post-October 7th, the attack by the terrorist organization Hamas on Israel that murdered 1,200 when they weren't uh, killing babies, when they weren't raping women, when they weren't setting people on fire, weren't kidnapping women and children and the elderly. The statement from IU was as pathetic and mealy-mouthed as anything out there. The statement from uh, President Pam Witten was beyond weak. People got to her, what is wrong with you? Then she puts out a very strong statement, but she didn't put it out via the university. I think she put it out on her own Instagram, something like that. It was it was meant to be buried. That's my take. So to the extent that I know this, this professor's history, um, I can't say that I, I know it in any level of detail. I'm learning. As for what I'm told... You're talking about one of the people who absolutely pushes the anti-Israel rhetoric. Again, that's what I'm told. I need to dig in a little bit more. It would seem odd that you would have a university suspend a professor over how a room was utilized. But... If the only way you can get the guys on a technicality, maybe the university feels we have to do something about this. I think you can do something about this by being better at who you hire. Now, there are professors coming to the defense of Professor Sinnoh, authoring a petition, quote, as faculty members of Indiana University, the story, by the way, can be found at the Indiana Daily Student, idsnews.com. As, a, as faculty members of Indiana University, we condemn this persecution of a colleague and the administration's shocking expression of contempt for IU's longstanding practices of shared governance. I, I don't know what they mean by shared governance at, at, at all. No idea what they, they mean by that. What I do know is that group that was able to use the room have held demonstrations to support Palestine and honor the lives lost in, in, in the war, uh, but, but not the Israeli lives. That, that, that seems pretty obvious. This is about who you hire. This is about who you're bringing in. This is about the university system writ large and the bigotry that exists Everywhere, people are shocked. I'm still shocked that the people are shocked. But now that you're shocked, what's your plan? Do you still write checks? Do you still write checks to universities? And I'm not singling out, singling, 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 singling out IU in this subject, in this conversation. Name your university. Do you still write them checks? Why? Why? 
well, we're going to put together a crack committee and we're going to really do research on this and get a good understanding of how we can be better in the future. Well, we understand your concerns and we're committed to doing better in the future. If you can be bought off with a press release type statement that could have come from a C-list star in Hollywood after getting caught in a, in a weird photograph, well then, how weak are you? Don't believe a university until they actually do better. It's not that there aren't going to be students or others out there who are remarkable bigots and hateful shrews of people. Of course there are. You can't, you're not going to change that. But you know about these people when you hire them. Change how you hire. Change your hiring practices. Oh, and let's put an end to tenure. Could we do that? This tenure madness is madness. Welcome to the real world, professors. You got to actually work for your job and work to keep it.